This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples, UFC and Boxing Talk. You're listening to Fight Disciples. This is the big interview. I'm the host, Nick Pete. I'm delighted to say yet another champion in the studio. I tried to get this guy in shortly after he won the belt, but uh, everyone was clambering for him. And you know what? He deserved a break as well because he's been that busy in 2019 already. I'm delighted to say the one and only JJ Metcalf, the new Commonwealth super welterweight or in old money light middleweight champion is in studio. Thank you so much for coming in, my mate. And you're looking really well, Jay. Nice one. Nice I thought you'd be you. fat by now. I thought you'd put a bit of weight on after the fight <laughs> and blown up. But you look like you're not far off weight. Put a stone or something on. Just <laughs> over. <laughs> um, the performance against Wellborn. I think, like, I was texting you at the time. I was in Spain. I'd gone yeah. away with Jane and the family, so I couldn't make it down to Leeds. I was gutted, um, especially being at all your dad's title fights and all that. I felt like I had to be there, so I was <laughs> devastated when the fight got made because I was going away. But uh, watching it in Spain on my iPad and everything else, it wasn't just the end. Obviously, the ending was fantastic. Everybody in the world loves a body shot. We all love yeah. it when someone steals the soul of another man like you did. That's, that's <laughs> the perfect way to finish a fight. But the performance, mate, from start to finish, in the build-up to the fight, even on telly they were going, it's the slugger in Metcalf against the boxing in Wellborn. Yeah. He's just fought for a world title. His confidence will be up. And you just went, okay, flip the script then, I'll outbox you. And you did, yeah. without boxing them at range. You know what I knew that they were expecting just a war? Like, in the previous fights I've been in, I've just sort of made myself look like, look like that. And he thought I couldn't box, so... When they're in the build-up, they're all like, it's going to be a war. I knew myself I was going to box anyway because I had a bad hand anyway, so I was never going to just go and get into a war. But then um, i seen a few comments that he'd made, like saying, I don't think we know any difference and all that. And I just I thought, he hasn't got a clue what I'm going to do this <laughs> on the night. So end up working out anyway. Well, as I say, you, you know, you're flying. By the middle of the fight, you're flying. You're outboxing him. You couldn't get anywhere near you. He's, he's getting desperate. But then when it come down to it, when you did dig your toes into the canvas, that's when the stoppage come as well. When you start to trade them with him, yeah. boom, there comes the stoppage. Yeah, I got a point taken off in the round. It's, I think that just sort of made me think. They didn't know how close it was or what, so I just thought I'm going to have to... Um, Start trading with them a bit. And, uh, so at that point, did you think the fight was close? Was you, I didn't in think the it corner, was close, said, no, but I just... I don't know, you never know like, how the judges have got it or so you just want to um, make sure you were winning, do you know what I mean? Of course. Um, the low blow you, you hit him with, it seemed like you were you were in the middle of a com- combination and he and he landed a short right hand and yeah. it seemed to it moved your right foot back. So I've watched it over and I've watched that, the finish obviously and that's part of the finish, isn't it? Yeah. It kind of moves you, it kind of forces you to take a step back mid-combination. Com- mid so, you know, I think it was, it's quite clear it wasn't a deliberate low blow. Yeah. It wasn't like you were hurt and went, yeah, I'll get that stitched. Yeah. You kind of, you were off balance and you, you were mid-flow with that right-hand punch. But then as soon as, was you surprised he took a point off for a start, the referee? You surprised? Um, no worry, he warned me before, so I weren't surprised. But the one that he warned me for, I didn't think was really, went lower. I hit him with a body shot on, like moving off the ropes and he heard them, like, wince and then I threw a, another couple of body shots on the um, ropes and I thought he was going to slump and he took a bit of time out and I knew then like I was starting to hurt him to the body Yeah. but then if that one that you're talking about I think was a little bit low so 
I weren't surprised that he took the points off. Like. So it was the first one was basically an indicator because you knew it wasn't low. Yeah. And you knew Welbum was here, so you're like, yeah. okay, you're, you're trying to get a break now. Yeah. Was was obviously the tactics right through all the camp because Welbum, you know, he has got a couple of defeats on his record, even though he's just fought for a world title last time out. I think four of, four of his defeats, four of his stoppage defeats, three of them were body shots. Was that very much part of the fight camp? You know, outbox him, and then when he gets a bit tired, get in, get up close and hit him yeah. to the body. I started going to the body early on, really, just to like for the later rounds, though. So then, money in the I, bank, innit? Yeah. So then, I was just planning on outboxing him till he sort of like tired and then look to step it up a bit. And um, yeah, it worked out for me. After the low blow, I always think when you when you get warm for a low blow, as you did, got a point taken off for it, rightly or wrongly. The in your mind now, I'm thinking. Don't throw another low block. Don't throw another body punch just in case. Yeah. But obviously, seconds later, you just goes boom under the under the, under his guard, right on the floating yeah. rib, and it's yeah, all over. Yeah, the short quite high as well. Like usually have it. They usually pull it so it's just below your belly button. This was well above his belly button as well. So certain shots looked a little bit lower than he were. So even that one that, that you're mentioning there, it weren't low like with a proper low. It was yeah, probably yeah. like. Belt line, really? Uh, yeah, well, just a below belt line, but it weren't like a shot that would have done that. He hit me with one just before, and it was deliberate as well, so <laughs> I ended up getting my own back as well. <laughs> <laughs> the, the finishing shot, the left of the body, absolutely perfect. I'm sure that's something that, you know, you've went over in the gym right throughout that fight, fight camp is throwing the right and then bringing the left underneath the guard. How satisfying is it when... A shot like that lands. Do you get that same feeling? You know, boxers often talk about when they land on the chin and you can feel it run right through your arm, and you just know yeah. you've got them. Is it the same with the body shot when you get when you when it sinks into the body? You think that's you done? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've I've stopped a couple with body shots. Well, or had a few over, and uh, I knew as soon as that landed, he weren't gonna get up. I've seen him take body shots previous, and I knew that that one had got him properly, so I knew he weren't gonna get up from it. The um. The referee gave him every chance, though. He was I don't trying to make him I don't think he'd get up till about nine and a half. And he spat his gummy out at <laughs> yeah. nine or something. Said no, and then the ref was trying to lift his gloves <laughs> up. He was like, him, come on, yeah. come back in. And he's looking at his corner, shaking his head and everything. Yeah. So he certainly got every opportunity. Um, the belt itself, obviously, I'm delighted to say you've brought him into studio with us as well, the WBC. Is that the WBC international, international belt as well? Yeah. yeah, but it was obviously the Commonwealth belt that you beat that you won yeah. uh, against Jason Wellborn. Um, there's a little bit of something a bit special about the Commonwealth belt, isn't there? Yeah. In terms of your family history. Yeah, I think uh, my dad boxed for it um, a while back over in Belfast against um, Eamon McGee. And his decision, I think he should have got, and I think he should have won that belt back then. And I think he got robbed for it, so it's nice to bring that back. Is that something that you and your dad? spoke about in camp or when the fight first got announced and he said it's going to be for the Commonwealth belt was that something you both were like okay we've got history with this belt let's go and get it no one no one mentioned it we never mentioned it to each other but I think we were both just thinking it do you know what I mean so when I got it he was made up having your dad in the corner now because you know, you've changed corner teams a lot over the last couple of years. Yeah. You were Derry and George. Then you, I think you went with Joe Mack briefly. Yeah. And now, obviously, you were you with your dad and your dad's old coach, Georgie Schofield. Um, what's what? Why the transition, first and foremost? Do you know what? I would start. I started off with me dad, turned professional with him, and um, 
even through my amateurs, he was always training me as well. But um, he done his ankle, his Achilles in, in um, wrestling, and then told me to go with George Vaughan. And I was with George Vaughan and um, Derry. Then Joe, Joe was in with us as well. And um, at the time, I just my dad was on me. He was training me every Saturday all the way through that anyway. But um, he was saying I wanted to start getting back in with you a few days a week and that. So I told George, and um, he he didn't want it like that. So him and jo- him and Joe had split before this, and um, then I, I spoke to Joe and said, "Would you be happy training me with like?" three days a week and my dad training me three days a week and then um, he said yeah so I was with with him and John Gillies and then and my dad and then Joe and um, John Gillies split up so then it was I couldn't be bothered being in the middle of it all so I just um, ended up going me spoke to my dad and he said he'd take me on full time so end up staying with my dad then so it's actually your dad who's training you full time but George is obviously part of the camp as well George, George, is going, yeah. George is in with us as well, yeah, he's part of the camp now as well, so he was with us at the start as well, So and he trained me dad, so it's good to have them there. It's great to see George back involved, because obviously, listen, anyone that's been to a to any show, a matchroom or a Frank Warren show or whatever, will see George a lot, because he does a lot of the, you know, he's like a third corner man, isn't he? Yeah, he works, but all... obviously I think people forget about how much knowledge George has actually got. Yeah. You know, he was there alongside your dad right through his career and everything else. Yeah, you know what it is with them as well. It's like, my dad's in my corner. He's got, he's he's pretty, because um, I'm his son, he, you can see the, like, the nerves in him and the way he's talking to you and all that. So, um, But now George just takes me corner when I'm fighting. So, And he's dead cool in the corner, which is good. So you can just understand everything he's saying and... Brilliant. It's it's funny to say that because obviously your dad, like yourself, you know, you, you're both so similar. Not just the way you look, but the way you box and the way you are personally as well. Both quite shy men, really. Not yeah. you know flamboyant, far from it. And yet, when he fought, just like when you fight, cold as ice. You know, there's not yeah. there's there's nothing there except zero focus. So to hear you say that your dad's nervous yeah. is weird because I've never known your dad to be nervous around boxing. Do you know what? It's only been a couple of fights. Sometimes he's not. He must just be on like knowing when I win on most fights, and he's not that nervous. But then, on like decent title fights, I've I've seen it in him a little bit. Do you know what I mean? So it's good it's that good though. That. I like you know I like that because he he knows how much it means to you. I'm sure. Yeah. You know he knows that. And he listen, he's been on a, a very similar journey himself to yeah. you know, ten twenty years ago. So. It, it must be amazing for him, but he knows what you're sacrificing, what you're going through, and how yeah. important fights are as well. You know, let's be honest, if you lose against Jason Wellborn, it, it's kind of back to the drawing board. You, you lose two years of your career having to try and build back up again, especially yeah. the situation you were in. I don't, to be honest, if I would have got beat by Wellborn, I don't even know if I would have boxed again, to be honest, because I knew he had an hand injury. I would have had to go through an operation and all that, and then, you know, it would have been hard to rebuild after that, so... I weren't gonna lose. Do you know what I mean? So people may not even know about the hand injury. Obviously, you went into the Welburn fight with a with a serious hand injury. It was left over from the fight against Medrano, Santos yeah. Medrano, at the start of the year. Um, you showed me it before when you come into the studio. You've got this huge lump on the back of your right hand. Yeah. What's the status of that now? And how close were you from actually pulling out of the Wellborn fight? 
know what I was going to put. I was thinking about pulling out. I was having a, speaking with my dad and that. And, um, we didn't know what to do. He was... One minute we're saying... He's saying, um, yeah, just pull out the fight so come again. And, you know, um, get your hands sorted. And then, and then this was like about five or six weeks out or something. Let's just see how it goes and that. Because um, I pulled out with an injury before. And um, towards the end, I thought, ah, I should have took that there. So we just seen how it was going, but it never got any better. And then he said, look, you, do you want to pull out of this fight? Your hand's not right. I've been trained. I hadn't threw it once. I hadn't even done anything. I couldn't even do a press-up on it or nothing. And I didn't, my head, my head was shot, so... You end up getting a coin and flicked the coin and said to himself and lands on heads and fighting and then just landed on heads and I just that's it. I was taking the fight then, yeah. Wow, that's that immense. So you kind of left it down to fate a little bit. Yeah, let's let fate decide. Yeah. yeah, so and it worked out. Amazing. So is that is that how we're gonna move forward now? Every time you get a phone call, do you want this? Do you want this title fight? Let's flip a coin. No, not that one. Ring me again with the different <laughs> fight. No, I'm gonna take. Every, I'm gonna take every fight they offer me, but um. Just that situation I was in with me and um, So you went into the Welburn fight having not, I guess you couldn't have sparred, you couldn't have used your right hand in sparring. You couldn't have hit bags with your right hand or pads. Do you know what? I didn't do anything with it at all. I was just sparring one-handed. I was um, training one-handed, but then towards the end of the my training camp, like a couple of weeks out, two weeks out, started going on them little paddles and that. Yeah. was all right because... When I was in the, um, you had to do like a pre-workout for BT and all that. So that sort of hard me hand. I was on the paddles, so it felt alright. Wow! So it was literally making that screener where yeah. you thought, actually, I'm going to get away with this kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's mental. Yeah, I can, obviously, I can still see your hand for me. You're basically got an egg on the back of your right hand. Yeah. What's the situation with it now? When are you getting surgery? How long's the recovery? Will we see you again, box this year? Hopefully, yeah. I mean. Meant to be getting surgery next month, and do you reckon it takes three months to heal? So I'd say four months after the surgery, I could be ready to fight because I'll be training while while I'm healing as well. So yeah. I won't be unfit. And then so you could well squeeze the show in at the end of November, in December, maybe. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. If there's anything going on, I got offered the fight. Um, well, they were talking about it. They never offered me properly against Jack Kulkai for a world title eliminator in October. So I was about to get the coin out again. Laid the operation off. But, um, so I'm guessing that would have been the Warrington card because Warrington's fighting in Leeds again, that's isn't what he? I'm thinking. He's back in Leeds. the card and I, and I said to him, Anto, my manager, um, I'm meant to be getting an operation, get my hand sorted, and I said, but well, get back to me, let me know, um, give me the details about the fights. Uh, I don't know what to call this operation. My <laughs> dad's saying, no, you've had your luck. Exactly, um, don't push it. Yeah. Don't push so. it, absolutely. Um, the I think that date was October the 14th, I think Warrington's defending his world title. Obviously, the card itself, um, when you beat Welburn, you, know, you, you waited so long for the, an opportunity like that. A big yeah. TV date, co-main event on a massive card, a world title fight card. At one point, you must have looked in the mirror and thought, 
what have I done to deserve this? I'm, I'm going into a fight. I can't even spar. I can't even train properly. I've got an injury. This is what... I, 19 fights in, I've been waiting for this opportunity. Yeah, it was, it was hard mentally. Like, uh, I'm pretty mentally strong anyway, but that was... that was uh, Even before I was thinking what I'm doing here, I was just planning on going in and winning it one-handed. And then, luckily, I threw it a couple of times, but it was, it was hitting in that as well, so... Couldn't throw it too much. It's crazy. Crazy when you think of it like that. Another thing to think about is you're 20 fights into your pro career now. Yeah. Five fights off your dad's total fights. Yeah. It's just flown by. I, I It feels like it's flown it does, by. Yeah, it does, definitely. But I feel like I should have had a lot more fights than what I have. I should be in like, should have had about 30 fights now. So I still feel like I'm. I mean, in a rush a bit, but I don't know. Just, um, I think everything's going to come at the right time. There's loads of opportunities in your weight class and there's loads of good opponents in your weight class. I definitely want to talk to you a little bit about that later, but this business that you got into, this pro boxing business, um, it, it must be tough for yourself to make, to, to initially decide to turn pro. When your dad's achieved all he has, you know, he was an absolute hero of your home city. Was part of the reason to boxers James Metcalf and not boxers James Neary was part of that to try and to, 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 to make that differentiation, to break away from your dad and in that regard, make your own path? Sort of, take yeah, the pressure off a little to, bit? Not even just to take the pressure off because, you know, nickname, well, I got nicknamed Kid Shamrock, so it sort of linked me to it anyway, but. Sort of want to do it off my own back, so and I feel like I'm starting to do that now, like because I haven't had it easy. I haven't. Had, I, was, I was hearing things Jason Wellborn saying, you know, he's had, he's been looked after and all that. So they haven't really been looked after. Do you know what I mean? It's like every shot I've had's been I've earned it. And, you know. Looked after is getting a Commonwealth title fight after about eight or nine fights. That's not having yeah. nineteen pro fights. Mostly on the it, road yeah. as well, isn't being looked after. Most of my fights have been in small little shows and um, no one British Masters titles and all them. So I've sort of am where I am at the minute. Like, do you, do you obviously it's been tough. It's been a tough campaign to get into title class for you, and that's absolute nonsense. What Welburn's saying, you have had it hard. No one has give you a hand up really. Yeah. You've had to do it the hard way, which is surprising with the family link. But do you think it's made you a better fighter having to do it that way? Probably, yeah. Because maybe if it was stepped up too early, like if it, if it would have got Commonwealth title fights after a couple of fights, I don't know if it would have been ready at the time, for one. And um, like just even a certain fight like that, Winning that international title and that, he was a tough kid. That Nieto, yeah, he was like six times Spanish champion or something like that, and boxed for the European title a couple of times. And not that all that just helps. And no, I don't. I think that all that's come together, and that's made me a better fighter and made me a bit hungrier as well. I think. Absolutely. Um, and now you're in the title class. You you know you're in these big fights. You're putting people over, you're putting people out. Yeah. Do you feel like, 
having to graft so hard, having to fight on all these small shows on the road, grind out tough wins, largely, you know, early early days especially, largely against guys that are in there to survive, yeah. have made you a bit more patient as a fighter, but also a bit more aggressive when you do catch someone. It's like, bump, you seem to just jump on them. Yeah, I think, well, like, my first so many fights, I didn't stop many because for that reason, you was he'd had like 100 fights been stopped once on a cut and that so it was like you can't someone who doesn't who's going in there just to get through you, you, you're not going to struggle to stop them over four rounds and um, but then as it's gone on and these people want to win that's when like you start trading and you know up to now I've come off best so yeah I think that's what it's been are you <clears throat> enjoying it? I think I've had that shift a couple yeah. of years ago. If you were enjoying it, you might have had a different answer. But are you enjoying it now? Are you enjoying being a boxer now? Yeah, yeah, sort of. It's just uh, not, not. I can enjoy it. Like when you're in camp, you're not really enjoying it because it's, it's that hard. Do you know what I mean? It's like the work you're doing is hard. You're not enjoying the training, but when you win on the night, then you you realise you're you are enjoying it. Do you know what I mean? But before it, like now. Even with me sore hand, I'm, I'm learning still, so I enjoy all that part. But then when the, when the, um, I like getting me dates and all that, but then during your camp and that's not enjoyable. It was funny, I spoke to Ed Pricey on the show last week and I was talking to him about it and he said, you know, now basking in the Dave Allen victory, I love it. I'm loving life and I'm going to, I want to box for the next 20 years <laughs> and I feel like I could do this, I can feel like I can fight anybody. He said, but if you'd have asked me a month ago when I had like three weeks, four weeks of camp left and I was right up against it, yeah. I'd have told you this is my last ever fight. I'd have told you I don't want to do this no more. He said, and everyone's the same. Every boxer, you go through yeah. that hard part in training and you're like, what am I doing? You start questioning, what am, I doing? Yeah. what am I doing with my life? I could be going to an office and getting paid to do a lovely nine to five. Oh. <laughs> he done well, low price, didn't he? Made up for him. He done brilliant, yeah, absolutely. Um... <clears throat> Do you miss not not having being around Pricey and having the lads in camp? Because I'm guessing it's just you, yeah. your dad, and George more now. It is, yeah. It's just work, work, own. work. Yeah, I'm just on my own and uh, getting screamed at. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I do miss I miss training with all the lads and that. But that that's not really what I'm there for anyway. So I just go in and get 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 my job done and then just get straight off. Not much of a talker anyway, so. <laughs> Don't think they'll miss me. <laughs> <laughs> um, what does come next? No, obviously the the operation December. Would you like to defend this Commonwealth belt? Would you like to look at, I don't know, the British maybe, or or would you, would you want to look towards more world honours in the new year? I'm not at all. I'm world title eliminators, but you know, if the right fight come up, I can't knock it back. But I would like to defend defend the Commonwealth title and win the British title as well. So. Then fights come up and be made up. I say there's loads of fights out there domestically. There's yeah. a dozen or more solid opponents, which which are good headline fights for you. Yeah. Um, I'll speak to you a little bit later about the matchroom card this weekend. Of course, Anthony Fowler's on there. I'll get your take on that. But boxing was it always your destiny? Do you think? Because I know as a kid you were you were in boxing. You want you know you were in the ABAs. Won't, one of novice ABAs. One, oh no, you won the full ABAs, ABAs sorry. And yeah, the yeah. novices, yeah. And the novices. Um, and then 
you kind of lost your way a little bit. You had a hard time for a couple of years, and then yeah. boxing brought you back again. Yeah. Was boxing ultimately your salvation that got you out of that, or did you always kind of think, you know? No, it's always been in my head. I've um, boxed. I had my first fight at eleven, and um, probably in the gym, like when got took the golden gloves when I was like seven or something, and um, I used to go go down there at eleven and. You know, me mum and dad split up just after that, so I weren't really getting tucked there and couldn't get down there. And then I got in, started playing football, left it for a bit and got back into it myself when I was about 17, 18. It's when I won the novices in the ABAs. And then after that, I just had a few fights, had a few injuries and got in a bit of trouble. And, that. and then I thought, but it was always in my head I was going to, I was going to box and... I was always, you know, I've always wanted to be a champion. When you were, when you were, had a little bit of trouble, and it was nothing serious, but when you had a little bit of trouble, at the time, then did you, did were you able to like lean on your dad, and was it like, well, listen, once I get myself sorted, this is where we're going to go, or were you was there a bit like embarrassment there around, you know, what was that family dynamic like then? Um, do you know what? I, didn't, I don't really talk much. You know what I mean? I just get on with it. So. But I always had it in my head that I was going to do that. And, you know, that was just part of growing up when I was 18, 19. So, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it now, still. So, I haven't done too bad anyway. Of course. Listen, and the journey's far from over, mate. Yeah. Do you find it <clears throat> difficult in this time? Because, listen, sorry to keep talking about your dad, but when your dad was doing it, you know, chances are at a media day for your dad, which you probably wouldn't have done anyway, you wouldn't have turned up. But around this fight camp, I'd probably rock up from the Liverpool Echo and you might get someone from a local radio and then, you know, if ITV for covering it, they might come, Granada Reports might have come and done a little thing. Yeah. But that's about it. That's all he would have had to deal with, really. But yeah. the world's different now, social media especially. Definitely, yeah. Do you find social media difficult? I do, yeah. No, I'm not a... Um... Like uh, everyone says to me, get this on your social media. That I find myself writing stuff, and I go, oh, no, I'm not doing that today. <laughs> Just don't do it. So I spoke to my dad about. It. He said I didn't have to deal with all that. Like you got people calling you out and all that on social media, and not it gets to me. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, you know, you want to kill them, and then. But he didn't have to deal with all that. He just got a date, got an opponent, turn up, seeing the night before on the way in, and that was it. You know, so now you're looking at the pictures all the time, and giving you sticks. Uh, You've got YouTube to look at everyone's full records, every yeah. punch they've ever thrown. That's the thing. I think social media at the moment, obviously, it's going nowhere. It's only getting bigger, but it's one of them as a professional athlete. You need to understand. I'm, I'm sure you do understand that the strength of social media is bonkers. Yeah, like yeah, some, yeah. I, I noticed today Tommy Fury, the light heavyweight, Tyson's younger brother, of course, goes into Love Island. He's got like ten thousand followers or whatever it might be on his Instagram or whatever. It might, yeah. might have been less. It was, it was nothing. And I seen today he's got two million followers two on Instagram now. Same as Tyson, he's got the same number of followers Crazy, as Tyson, but. You know, he was a he pretty much a novice light heavyweight before he goes on a reality TV show. Yeah. Now you better believe he will headline a card at Manchester Arena. He will, yeah. And probably get paid loads of money for That's it. That's what I mean, it? <laughs> exactly. It's a it's a weird world that we live in, like and to do it the way you're doing it, 
because you're not necessarily a talker. And I compare you to to, to someone like a Daniel Dubois. Daniel mm. Dubois is not a talker either. He's not active on social media. It's about getting the opportunity. And that's why Wellbun was so important. That's why yeah. you couldn't have turned that fight down. If you turned that fight down, yeah. you may as well have just pff, jibbed it. Definitely, yeah. Because it's them kind of fights. And your dad's right, you know, this world title fight will eliminate a, a fantastic opportunity. And of course, your first reaction is, let's do it. Yeah. But you've done the hard part now. You've had the exposure. Also, it was on a card where Josh Warrington, probably the flattest defence of his career, because yeah. Kid Gallard never really came to fight. So no one come away from Leeds going, that was amazing. Come away from yeah. Leeds going, what a finish by Metcalf. What a yeah. body shot that was. So you, you've had that moment in the sun. You want to, you need to just keep going with that now. I know, yeah. That's why this hand's a bit frustrating because it would have been out in October and then possibly December or something. Who knows? It could have ended up in America on Fury's bill or something like that. So the, but, um, That could still happen. Absolutely. <laughs> Can the staff still happen? Are you, are you a type of person that... Does think like that though? That I know you're not a massive sharer, but do you go do you go away and think, I need to focus on that then? I wanna be on a Tyson Fury card, I'm gonna get there, I'm gonna visualise it, I'm gonna I visualise it, I think about like the sort of dream daydreaming about it, but I don't think it I never think it's definitely gonna happen because you never know, but you know, my luck's gotta change soon, so you the, never know. With the stable around you though as well, you know, Frampton fights in America in a couple of weeks' time, in two yeah. two, three weeks' time. Fury's back out in America. You know, you've got Josh Warrington, who's getting headlines all over the world. He's probably going to get a big world title fight. Yeah. Unification, end of the year, early 2020. Dubois looks like the hottest prospect in the heavyweight division. It's a nice time to be a part of Frank Warren's yeah. stable. It is, yeah. And, um, you know, MTK of managing Fury and Frampton as well. And they, they could sort of push for it. And they've done a deal with... Or something. So, you never know. You never know, indeed. Loads of opportunities. Let's talk about the fight card in Liverpool and this weekend, specifically because there's potential opponents on there for you. Um, the Matchroom are doing a next-gen card, next, next card in Liverpool on Friday night, August the 2nd. It's at the Exhibition Centre which is the big facility just next door to the Liverpool Echo Arena, slightly smaller, but it's a cracking little venue for fights. I've been there before. Uh, it's live on Sky Sports on Friday night. It's headlined by one of Liverpool's own, Anthony Fowler, taking on former world title contender Brian Rose. Uh, the fight has actually been made, it was announced just yesterday, for the WBO Intercontinental Middleweight title, so basically the, the interim uh, WBO Middleweight World title. Fowler, up to this point, uh, was uh, was same as JJ, uh, a career super welterweight or a light middleweight. But this opportunity comes up at middleweight. Rose, of course, a former contender at middleweight uh, from Blackpool. Big opportunity for Fowler here. It was Scott Fitzgerald from Preston who beat Fowler, the only man to beat Fowler so far, who originally got this opportunity. Uh, Fitzgerald has picked up an injury. Fowler stepped in straight away. The, the card was moved from Manchester to Liverpool. Fantastic opportunity for him. Just to quickly run through the card, Jack Cullen takes on John Harden Jr. in the English middleweight title fight. Sean McGoldrick takes on Thomas Esomba. Uh, Lewis Ritson's on the card, but he's looking for a new opponent. By the way, has anyone heard from Luke Willis? Luke Willis from Heighton would have absolutely took this fight with Lewis Ritson. I don't know why he hasn't been reached out. I don't know why Luke isn't all over his social media, because he either took this fight all day, every day. But Ritson's looking for opponents. Uh, Martin Bacoli, the heavyweight based up in Scotland's 
on this card on Friday night. So is Kasash Fak. Liverpool's own European champion Robbie Davis Jr. comes back here. I think it's only a six or an eight rounder, but if you've never seen Robbie box the European champion, get down there. Uh, and one of uh, one of your old stable mates is on here as well. Thomas Whitaker Hart looks to go yeah. 2-0 on Friday night as well. Um, another great night of boxing for Liverpool. Uh, Jay, just quickly before I ask you about Fowler, uh, did you get to train much alongside Thomas Whitaker Hart? I know he's Not only much, no, second fight of his career. I've been in the gym and that to see Joe and seen him in there and he looks like a good prospect. Yeah. Been doing a lot of sparring with Callum Smith as well, I think. so. He's a big lad, isn't he? Yeah. But is he a light He's heavy, a light heavy, yeah. yeah. A light heavy. Right, sparring with Callum Smith won't, uh, won't do him any harm anyway. No, you brilliant, know. brilliant for him. Incredible sparring. Robbie Davis Jr., uh, no opponents here, but he's had a tremendous year, hasn't he? Has he not got a, an opponent? No opponents as of yet, no, but it's only a warm-up fight, I think. I don't think it's a title defence. They should be fighting each other, shouldn't they, him and Ritson? <laughs> well, this is the mad thing. That all the talk in the build-up was, you know, a month ago it was all Robbie Davis, Lewis Ritson, they're going to do it. And I know I'd spoken to Robbie about it, and he said... I'll go to Newcastle. Doesn't bother me. I'll I'll go and defend the European title mm. against them in Newcastle. Um, but apparently the the written camp didn't want it. They wanted a fight. Um, somebody else. They originally lined up. Uh, there was a fighter on there, wasn't there? Um, oh, it was who Robbie beat for the European title. Uh, they were originally supposed to take on Joe Hughes here. That was supposed oh, yeah, to be the co-main. Was, yeah. But Joe Hughes pulled out a couple of days ago with a hand injury, uh, and Lewis Rittens were looking for an opponent. As I say, if if. It makes sense to everybody for these two guys just to fight, and I'm pretty sure Robbie Davis would have took it, but for whatever reason, it's not. And listen, if I was again, if I was Luke Willis or the city's full of super, you know, uh, of lightweights and super lightweights, I don't know why a few of them haven't just gone. Go on, I'll take it. I'll step yeah. up. Should do, yeah, definitely. Let's yeah. talk about um, let's talk about Fowler because, as I say, he's stepping up here to middleweight um, to take on. Brian Rose, undoubtedly be the biggest scalp of his career. Um, I think it's got all all the ingredients really to be a crack and fight. Um, but he's 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 you know a light middleweight really. Um, what do you think of his ability first and foremost? You know what do you think of Fowler? Was you surprised that he lost to Scott Fitzgerald? Um, do you know what it was? A, just a fifty-fifty in my eyes at the time. Um, I've done loads of sparring with Scott. He done his hand in sparring me for before my wellborn fight, and um, that's what he was meant to fight Brian Rose. Done loads of sparring with them, but at the time I was giving, I was edging Fowler, but because I, did, I didn't know how like what his mental state was. Scott Fitzgerald, and yeah. he's like sometimes he's not in the gym properly, and well, he's mad as a box of frogs, isn't he? Yeah, so. But he, he must have took it serious that time and he pulled it off. But yeah, it was a good, it was a good fight to watch as well. I went down and watched it. You sparring Scott Fitzgerald must be class. That must be <laughs> a great spar. Yeah, I just I can just imagine you having a proper tear up. One handed as well. For you, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, is there is there a friendship there with Scott Fitzgerald? You know, would you would you ever consider fighting him down the road, yeah, or definitely. is that a fight that would be there? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm f- like sort of friends with him now. I was over in Tenerife with him, and um, his dad's a great fella as well. He helped me out too, because I, I just went over on my own to spar them, and um, his dad was looking after me there as well. So it'd be a great fight down the line. At the end of the day, mate, this is show business. It ain't show friends, as I like to yeah, say. It doesn't matter. Know. No friends in this game. You Let's know, talk box about friends. Box in the amateurs of boxing. Jay Willow in the same gym as me. 
Sparer dem for det. Sparer dem for min omfag. Fowler then, you know, obviously part of part of your dad's legacy was this fight with Andy Holligan in the park and everything else. Uh, in the knock in the park at Stanley Park, of course, when they built a purpose uh, a marquee just for the fight. That's probably the fight that most people uh, remember him for. But the do you ever think about the potential between you and Fowler, or even you and Liam Smith? Obviously, you're yeah. now ranked what three in the UK. Liam Smith yeah. ranked number two. Kel Brook probably never going to box again anyway. So, yeah. you know, I know Liam at the moment's pursuing a world title, but you're probably only a step or two behind him anyway. Yeah, not far behind, but he's um. I think he'll get a world title fight soon, Liam, like because he deserves it again. So, so you know what? The big fight, and it's be good for the city as well. Any of them fights, um, Fowler as well. If he comes through, um, Brian Rose, they they big fights as well. If Eddie and Frank can put their differences aside, of course. Well, listen. At the end of the day, it's all about getting into. It's all about getting into a mandatory position. You know, and you're making moves at the moment, as you say. You're you're offered the world title eliminator in October anyway, so it's yeah. it's not far off. And I think sometimes when you get into these positions where the fights almost become inevitable, the city would just demand it. Yeah. And that's not because I guess you no, know, I couldn't see Liverpool splitting itself and and dividing into three necessarily. But as a round robin tournament, throw yeah. a world title <laughs> in the mix and throw th- your three names in a hat, and then just go for it. Yeah. And just fight each other and make a fortune at the Echo Arena and just have a fight every six months. It works perfect. <laughs> Two in a night. It's not that. <laughs> exactly. It's easy done, isn't it? Yeah. Easy done. Um, <clears throat> what do you think about Beefy, stylistically? He, Would you say he's him. the best in the country at the moment? Yeah, probably is. One of the best, yeah. yeah. I don't know what's going to happen with Kel Brook. He's ranked number one, but I don't, I've seen a picture of him. He looked massive the other day. But um, Yeah, he'd look great against Sam Eggington as well. And um, what he's just won a silver title, is it? Thompson, Thompson's just won a yeah. WBC, has he? Of course. <clears throat> so you'd like to fight. think he's That's got a that, winnable yeah. fight for him. Yeah, definitely. So could could end up a world champion again. I think for you, stylistically, beefy Fowler, Fitzgerald. Phew, they're money in the bank fights. Then I don't. I, they're, they're never mind main events. They're pay per view fights. I think all of them stylistically are just sensational. But if I was your manager, I'd be like, get us Cheeseman. I think yeah. Cheeseman. I think you'd run through him yeah. for the British title, and it'd be amazing to add the British to the Commonwealth before you then go to the next level. Yeah, I'd love that. I was, I was meant to fight him a while back, and because um, I had an eliminator for the British title. Yeah, and I was he had one as well, and. Um, it didn't end up we were meant to fight for an English title but I don't know why they didn't just put us for the British title because it hadn't been boxed for for about a year or so and um, they never took the fight and he, they said like it was right what they said they said it should have been for something bigger or the British title and then but then he ends up fighting for it anyway so yeah that was a bit frustrating as well so hopefully I can the boxing ball put me off for the British title as well. There's been loads of times we've spoke and you've used the words frustrating. Like, I'm a limit, I've won a limit for this, but it's not happening. Frustrated. Now I've got this opportunity, but that's not happening. I'm frustrated by it. If it seems finally with them belts, certainly the Commonwealth belt, yeah, all the, all the doors have opened now. You know what I mean? People yeah. start coming at you now, 
Yeah. You're not waiting for them to go, oh, go on, yeah, I'll have that fight. You're like, well, you've got you've got something worth value now that you can be yeah, like, come on then. Defend it, yeah. Yeah, so. you know, t- if you pick up the phone to Cheeseman five months ago and say British title fight, Metcalf's number one, he's going to do everything he can to get out of it. But now when you go, Metcalf's going to bring his Commonwealth, you bring your British, yeah. he thinks, okay, well, it's worth taking a chance now. Yeah. That's that's the difference that belt makes, absolutely. I just don't know with Eddie and what, Frank, like, I don't know how it'd work with them, like, Unless they'd done something like the boxing ball, put it up to pace bids or something like that, and then absolutely, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, fight to lap them, but other than that, I can't see them coming to no any agreements. Like. Of course, um, <clears throat> happy with Frank, happy with MTK. Yeah, made up with them now. Yeah, yeah, felt like it was going a bit slow, but now made up with them. They're gonna get. Well, they were trying to get me back out in October, which would have been perfect timing. Yeah. Would have been back out then, possibly December again. So, can't argue with that. Of course. Listen, I can't let you go <clears throat> before I ask you about the biggest subject in, in world boxing at the moment. And unfortunately, it's not a, it's not a, um, an embarrassing story about another country or about another country's governing body or about uh, you know something that's going on in South America or whatever it may be. This is something that's the hot topic right now in world boxing but it's about British boxing. It's the situation with Dillian White. Now, we can't really go into too much detail because we don't know the facts, but we're being led to believe that there was a failed test, that he had a you know, a, a day of the fight meeting where he clarified and was allowed to box, but Oscar Rivas wouldn't, wasn't told about it. All this mess that's in there. Um, the gloves issue, did you hear about the gloves issue as well? No, I didn't know about So the Oscar Rivas signed off on the gloves, the team. So as you know, when you fought for the Commonwealth title, um, you will have had to have shown um, your gloves to your opponents and your opponent's gloves were shown to your team. And yeah. you approved the gloves, you look at them and go, yeah, they're fine. Yeah. You know, but Oscar Rivas' team did that, but then Dillian White wore a different pair of gloves on the night and it was allowed to happen. And then Oscar Rivas' team have said they weren't allowed to inspect them gloves after the fight either. So on top of everything else that's gone on, it's it's not you know it's not looking good. It's it's a it's a murky world. Your experiences with in this pro boxing game, have you been surprised at how political it can be, how bad it can be, or were you were your eyes wide open coming in because of because of what your dad you know experienced or come through? Did you know it was a money making business first and foremost? Not really, no, I didn't realize. I'll, I'll, well, in the heavyweights, it's even more like that, isn't it? Because they all, they're all going to get that one big fight for the world title and they're going to earn multi millions of pounds. So they're all, they're all just, I don't know what's going on with them, but I've been um, sure with all that. I've had a couple, like even the drug testing's not, you don't get that enough. Do you know what I mean? Like, How many times have you been tested, Jay, in your career? I've only been drug, like, Tested every time I box, like after a fight, every time I box for a title or an eliminator. So every other fight, then I weren't tested. So you weren't ever tested in the run-up. No. You no one ever came out ten weeks before the fight or two weeks before and said we're doing no. a drug test before your Commonwealth title fight or whatever. No. It's always been in the dressing room after the fight, yeah. peeing a cup. That's always after title fights only. Yeah. So if that's happening to everybody. How would you catch anyone then, pre-fight? Do you know what I mean? Because, okay, if people are in a similar situation to you, only getting tested afterwards, wait a minute, he's gone in. There's a potential there for someone to go into a fight, 
haven't cheated, haven't taken an advantage. Definitely, yeah. It's so dangerous. Was that UKED that tested you as well? No, well, I'm not sure what it was. I just went and bothered. I just go in and just sign it, whatever I'm doing. But there should be something to the build up for your fights as well, like maybe every couple of weeks or something. And if you get caught, I think you should just be straight banned. Yeah. You know, I don't think you should get like second chances unless, you know, there's circumstances where something's happened to someone or Well, I think stuff like EPO, which you've got to inject. You can't you can't digest that. It can't be in anything. Yeah. Anything like that should just be pff, that's it, you're gone. Yeah. You're never boxing again. End of. In fact, you're never getting a coach's license, a trainer's license, get out of our sport. There's certain supplements, there's certain things where you can go, okay. You could have had if from a protein shake that you never read the label of or whatever it may be, or it may be a tin supplement. People talk about in China where they make a lot of creatine. There might be samples of other stuff in there, so there's tiny little minuscule yeah. amounts of stuff that might be banned. So I, I'm like, a, okay, stuff like that where you can go, but I've had this you know, superpower fusion pre-workout and it's in there. I didn't know. Okay, you've been an idiot. Two-year ban. But after that, it should be no. There is there's no second chance. You've been you've been you've had a two-year ban before yeah. for taking a tainted supplement. So now the tainted supplement get out of jail free card. You've used yeah. it. You don't get another one because when you take do you take any supplements? Do you I take any don't. pre-workouts or vitamins or? I don't really take nothing. No. Just for that reason, just to think. No, just never really. Like every now and then, I've thought, oh yeah, like when a few of the people and lads in the gym went, oh, this one pre-workout drink. I've had one and had a couple, like got a tub and then used it and just haven't stuck to it. Hasn't, You've the, haven't really seen the benefits? Really seen it, yeah, so yeah. I just don't, don't think you need it, really. The <clears throat> the whole situation, obviously, hopefully it's going to play itself out and the truth will, will come out in the end, but it's not good for British boxing at all. Of course it isn't. And, um, you know, for, for fighters like yourself who are 100% clean, I'm sure you're like a... You're on the bandwagon of that, eh? Just get them out. Just anyone fails should, a test, yeah, just an immediate ban. Should be. It's not like it's it's a dangerous sport, and if you're you're doing that, and something happens to people, that, you know, should really be getting jail for it. Do you know what I mean? It's Absolutely, criminal charges being brought. The, the mad thing is, I've known around UJ in the build-up to fight title fights, and I'm sure everyone else is the same. You have to go and get a check weighing. Yeah, you get a couple of check weigh-ins. So yeah. if you've got to go to a clinic to be weighed in by a nurse or a doctor, because, yeah. you, you know, you, you can't just get your dad to check your weigh-in. You know, you have to go somewhere, don't you? And yeah. a third party has to weigh you in, a medical professional has to weigh yeah. you in and go, here's a letter for the board. Or they even, you don't even send it. They send it, don't they? Yeah. Hey, board, this is what he weighed today. So if they're doing that anyway, what would be the difference of going, well, you're here, Jay, just weighing that cup for us? It's for, it's for oh, drug testing? Easy, yeah. I don't know what it is. It must be something to do with the people who are doing it. Because I've seen, must be certain organisations that do it. Because I've seen the likes of Tony Bellew and he's freaking getting harassed by them, getting woke up yeah. in the mornings and all that. So I don't, I don't know what, what, what um, what the difference is. What the, it, that organisation well, is. The difference is money, of course. That's it. I, yeah. I guess the drug testers, but it shouldn't, it shouldn't matter whether you're fighting in a heavyweight world title fight for a hundred million dollars. How many times you get tested? It shouldn't matter whether you're in that fight or you're in a, a Commonwealth title fight. It shouldn't make any difference because surely the cost of testing someone for for PEDs 
is exactly the same. It's not like the UKAD suddenly go, oh, uh, that's a big title fight, so we're going to charge you like a thousand pound to test. Oh, that's only Commonwealth. It's only a tenner. It's not like that, obviously. The cost of a test is the cost of a test. So I don't see why. If this is where they make the money over either big heavyweight title fights, filter it through to everybody. Instead of testing that heavyweight 50 times a year, test everybody twice. Yeah. Anyway, it's dead easy when you're sitting here, isn't it? You know, you know, <laughs> some our fellow with a blazer on sitting in Cardiff. Thank uh, you so much for coming into the studio. Some people are earning that much money as well. Eh? These people who the organisations don't even want to catch them, do they? Well, there you go, exactly. Exactly. Why would you want to catch Like Canelo, give him yeah. a six-month ban instead of a four-year ban because he makes too much money for us. And his ban was up when he got it. When exactly. <laughs> That's everything. That's wrong with boxing. Uh, thank you so much for coming into the studio, ah, my mate. So there. happy for you. Absolutely congratulations. Awesome. That Commonwealth belt, um, I hope it means it, uh, what it's, you know, it's waiting goal to you because... I was there. I was there when you when your dad got robbed. So the meaning with me completely resonates. But the good thing is those two belts. This is just the beginning. Twenty fights yeah. in. So much more to come. Massive fights down the line. Get that hand sorted, and hopefully we see yeah. you again before the end of the uh, year. Thanks a lot, now. You were listening to me. Fight Disciples. Uh, you can catch us up on social media at Fight Disciples on Twitter, Facebook at The Fight Disciples on Instagram for our merchandise as worn by Mo Hooker in his world title unification fight last weekend. Check out fightdisciplesstore.com. And for any podcasts, obviously check out our feed, fightdisciples.com. We had loads there this week. The boxing shows absolutely blew up. We got stuck into this whole Dillian White matchroom. British Boxing Border Control, UKD fiasco. So for some more information on that, go and listen to an episode over at fightdisciples.com and I will catch you here next week. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.